Hey gang, Spearsy here. I just want to tell you that now is the perfect time to book the vacation of a lifetime. Spending a week with 3,000 other crazy 80s fans on The 80s Cruise. Royal Caribbean's Explorer of the Seas set sail from Miami on March 8th through 15th, 2020. Yes, we're actually talking about a cruise that happens next year. It includes stops in San Juan, St. Thomas, Punta Cana, and Labadee. But the real fun comes from the performances by the B-52s, Berlin, Tony Hadley of Spando Ballet, Tony Lewis of The Outfield, Patty Smythe in Scandal, <gasps> Lita Ford, Midnight Star of the Jets, Mother Hotels, Big Country, Katrina from Katrina, The Waves, Annabella from Bow Wow Wow, and more acts to be announced. In fact, probably on our very next podcast. Each night on the ship is amazing because we have theme nights and all your drinks, including all premium alcoholic beverages, are included. And if you book with the promo code STUCK, you get $200 cabin credit. Use it on massages or T-shirts or uh, excursions. I'm running out of ideas because your drinks are included. I'm telling you, it's going to be a fun trip. Don't wait. Book today. Relive the 80s with Brad and me aboard the 80s Cruise. Find out more at www.the80scruise.com. Now on with the show. Travel back in time to the 80s. Reliving the laughter. <laughs> the heroes. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go Ghostbusters. And the honesty. What's up, Norm? My nipples. It's freezing out there. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Sure, it's not 1985 right now, but who knows what tomorrow will bring. Welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears. And Jen with one N. And today we tackle this question. What beloved phenomenons of the 80s have withstood the test of time? Oh, hold up, hold up, hold up. Brad's not here again. Yeah, maybe for him, time doesn't stand still. Oh, sick burn. Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Podcast Network. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and the CLNS Media Mobile app. And don't forget to listen to our podcast at the CLNS Media website. You can find it at clnsmedia.com. Our opening song today is, of course, Time Stand Still by Rush, uh, featuring guest vocals from Amy Mann off their 1987 album, Hold Your Fire. Uh, Neil Peart wrote this song. He said the words are an appeal to appreciate the present rather than be too focused on the past. Well, too late, oh, Neil. Uh-huh. <laughs> she had told us that back in 1987. Well, actually, you did. I guess I should have listened back in 1987. But since then, we've done 503 episodes about our love of the 80s. Uh, but with me to explain where we're going today, I'm going to turn things over to Jen with one end. Thank you so much. But before we do the, pod, uh, the, the podcast here with the week's topic, where is Brad? <laughs> he's in Europe. Where? Where? He's in Europe. He is having a European vacation he is. right now. In fact, I, I even he's been texting us, you, me, and Just Drew, all his friends from the cruise, uh, on Paris time, so we get these messages in the middle of the afternoon, our time, when he's crocked out of his gorg on uh, French wine. I know. My favorite is Katie's trying to convince me to buy a beret. <laughs> I hope he does. <laughs> I hope he does, too. I hope he buys five berets. Yeah, that'd be fun. Um, so, yeah, he's there. Second week in a row, he's missing. Um, at this point, I should also apologize for our last episode which apparently evolved a lot of crying on my part. <laughs> oh, people, no. People are worried about me. I'm, I'm fine. Um, and I also have to apologize. 
the the schedule of our podcast releases is kind of uh you know unpredictable these days and for lots of reasons Brad's gone uh life's been b- pretty busy i mean you're super busy jen i know you're super true. busy uh i was tra- true. i was trapped in chicago last weekend with a, in a snowstorm so oh, okay now i'm not going to cry for you for that yeah. first snow- that was a good good trap <laughs> it was it was a it was, a, it was an amazing trip um those of you who follow me on social media know what it was all about and if you don't, maybe you should. Lots of juicy details there. Um, but anyway, I'll just say this. <laughs> I'll, can I just say one word? Yeah. Suddenly, that's all I'll say. <laughs> oh man, I'm thinking about we're thinking about dressing up as Xanadu for uh, the '80s cruise this year. Just saying. Dreams die. No. No, no, no. Not by themselves. We we kill them. Now, if you give up, you'll be sitting on that rock. 30 years from now, just like I was. I I do not object. I think that's an excellent idea. <laughs> I just have idea. to grow my hair out and buy a vest. I don't think either one of those is a good idea. Um, you have time <laughs> to buy a vest. Nobody, <laughs> nobody wants to see. The hair, I can't. I maybe go wig. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I would look like meatloaf or something if I tried that. Everyone would think I was a meatloaf instead of sunny. But uh, um, So without Brad here and without him to, to, to rein us in, we've decided to do a show on um, our favorite things from the 80s, and have they stood the test of time? Yes. So uh, we were trying to think of, of topics we hadn't covered yet, and after 500 blah shows, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's, it's something that I've been kind of mulling over just as far as the, the whole podcast as a podcast goes anyway. So I was talking to Steve, and I was thinking, what if we did a show that was like, what stands the test of time and what doesn't stand the test of time. So I'm going to warn all the listeners right now that it's going to get a little philosophical. And also, don't forget, these are our opinions. So it's going to get pretty subjective, too. And, and we welcome people to write in with their own opinions because that's what makes this fun. But um, yeah, so what stands the test of time? What doesn't stand the test of time? So, Steve, in my when I was coming up with this, what I was sort of thinking about is like what products or things that were made in the 80s that we enjoyed in the 80s. Do we still enjoy them today? And kind of why? Yeah. Is it still as good as we remember? Is it better because we're older and have a different perspective? Or vice versa? Is it awful now because we realize Howard the Duck should never have been a movie? I mean, <laughs> you, you get where I'm going with this. What, what do you think? So here's my thought on it. On it. When I think of this topic, I think of... Uh, let's talk about a movie, for example. That's, that's such an easy topic, and that's what we're going to start with. I think of what movie from the 80s, if I watched it for the first time today, would it would it have as much impact on me as it did 30 years ago? So do, does it hold up? And That's a good rule of thumb. So yeah. when you, we're going we're gonna to approach this from different directions, and obviously our opinions are our opinions. And we'll try to defend them as much as we can. But like, but like Jen said, uh, we do want your opinion and we're going to save a couple of categories and we'll talk to you about it in a few minutes, but we're going to save a couple of categories for you to contribute to. And we'll do a volume two of this and we'll really get uh, interesting. And maybe we'll let Brad participate. Maybe not. Lately, he's not Mr. Dependable. I'm just saying. I know. He he may need a timeout. He's better bring us back some bread. <laughs> a further timeout. <laughs> yeah. Lock the door! I'll do anything, Gary. I'll do anything. I'll sing show tunes, Gary. Feelings, nothing more than feelings. Okay, let's get started. Uh, as I teased, I think movies is a good good place to start uh, mental exercise. So, Jen, what movie do you think stands the test of time from the eighties? I would. I, ha- I have a few movies that are favorite movies, right? But what I would put up for this category is Tootsie. For I am not Emily Kimberly. The daughter of Dwayne and Alma Kimberly? No, I'm not. I'm Edward Kimberly, the reckless brother of my sister Anthony. Ah! Oh, I to follow me now. Edward Kimberly, who has finally vindicated his sister's good name. I'm Edward Kimberly. Edward Kimberly. Um, and I'm not mentally hmm. ill, but proud Damn. and lucky and strong enough to be the woman. That was the best part of my manhood. The best part of myself. That is one nutty hospital. I knew there was a reason she didn't like me. Commercial, cut it. And cut. 
So I picked this because it's just a great movie. It's well written. It's well acted. It's funny. It's uh, tender. It's charming. Um, I love it. I love um, Dustin Hoffman. And I love all the surrounding characters, including including my beloved Terry Gar. But it is just a solid, solid movie. So when I watch it now, obviously, there's some like, you know, this was during a time where there was a lot of women entering the workforce in a serious way. And so like, there's some sexual politics that and gender politics that, you know, are different now, obviously, than there were 30 plus years ago. But the characters and the plot and the and the I guess the the acting is really what I return to the most, but the acting and the writing both combined, yeah. you know, it's sort of like this was a role that Dustin Hoffman was just, it's my favorite of his. And he's a pretty damn right. good actor with a huge catalog of work I, behind him. I, but I, yeah, did you, do you I, like I this movie? This love movie. this movie, hate this movie? I still like it a lot. I, I would argue that for a lot of the reasons you mentioned though, it doesn't stand the test of time so well because you've, you're talking about it's it's got that that soft FM theme song. It's got the it's set in a soap opera, which are there are there any soap operas left anymore? <laughs> it, That's true. You know what's funny is is we stopped at a McDonald's, my yeah. daughter and I, and they were playing a soap opera on TV and she was like, yeah. What is this? <laughs> I had to explain and, it. To and her. the workplace politics, which which have changed a lot. So is it still a, a, an, an incredibly well-written movie? Absolutely. Do, would, I, would I laugh hysterically if I watched it tonight? Yes. And so for that reason, totally agree with you. It stands the test of time. But there are definitely some things that I would say, you know, if you sat someone down who'd never seen it before, they would really be baffled for a, a good portion of it. So, right. Um, I'd like to... What do you think about something like Back, Back to the Future? See, Back to the Future is a cheat in my mind. I was just, mm -hmm. I did not even know you were going to bring this up, but I was thinking about this the other day. The thing about the eighties is we had a huge nostalgia for the fifties during the eighties, especially the early part of the eighties. Mm -hmm. You had happy days. You had all those movies that were set in the, in the, the fifties and sixties. So in my mind, if you, you make a movie in 1985, which I think is when back to the future came out and you set it in 1955, right. well, you've, you've cheated. You've cheated a lot of the idea of what makes it timely because you've intentionally disrupted the the, the, the time-space continuum. So, therefore, that movie will always probably be, you know, a movie that stands the test of time. It is a movie about the test of time, in a sense. <laughs> it's out of time, exactly. if you will. Um, I think a movie that, that, that does a really great job of um, staying the test of time, I think John Hughes movies in general – did that because I think he went out of his mm -hmm. way to create a language that wasn't cemented in any 80s popular culture. He, he invented phrases like, you know, Neo Zoom Dweeby and stuff like that. He intentionally created almost an artificial reality around his characters. So I, I think you take something like a Ferris Bueller will always be, will always stand the test of time. I think. I think generations can relate to that. Probably the breakfast club as well. Um, so there's plenty of great movies from the, and then, then you have the movies like Goonies, you know, the, and ET, maybe ET probably doesn't stand the test of time so well, but Goonies is such an artificial universe. The movie that stands out to me that doesn't stand the test of time. And we talked about it when we did a yeah. show on it. St. Elmo's fire. Honey, this isn't real. You know what it is? It's St. Elmo's fire. Electric flashes of light that appear in dark skies out of nowhere. Huh? <laughs> Sailors would guide entire journeys by it. But the joke was on them, there was no fire. There wasn't even a St. Elmo. They made it up. They made it up because they thought they needed it to keep them going and things got tough. Just like you're making up all of this. We're all going through this. <laughs> it's our time on the edge. I'm just so tired, Billy. I never thought I'd be so tired at 22. Yeah, 
I, I have to agree with you. I, I hadn't seen it for a really long time. And when I went on the first ever 80s cruise, I watched it with my best friend Lucy in the cabin. Um, you know, it took us like four different setting sittings because we were getting ready to do things in, while we watched it. But, um, yeah, there was a lot of like stuff that was like, ew, you know, it, it, we would literally say like, ew, he's just going to yeah. stalk that doctor, huh? Bruno or Kirby. Kirby or whatever his name was. <laughs> Bruno Kirby. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I agree. And it's funny because I, I thought that too. And then I thought maybe I, maybe it does stand the test of time in terms of like how people feel as they leave college, which we've talked about before, how people change when they get out of the safety of the, the cocoon that is college into the real world and start having to like deal yeah. with adult stuff. But, um, no, yeah, maybe that's it, not me, enough. I loved it when it came out. It was depressing. I connected with the theme of leaving college and entering the real world. But I think it's a movie that's still trapped um, with more style than substance. And the style doesn't hold up. But that's yeah. okay. Doesn't mean we can't appreciate it. I'm just saying I, it doesn't stand the test of time. Right. We can still. That's another thing we should definitely say is a. Is, uh, we can still love it, even if we don't think it stands the test of time. And you know, it's funny what you say, how it, how it has aged. And I think part of that is because of the fashion. Because when I think of John Hughes movies, I also think that they styled it in a way that it was fashionable. If you, if the character is meant to be fashionable, but in a way not using those commonly known eighties fashion trends. So it doesn't right. pin it to that time in that Nobody's way. Nobody's wearing either. a leather, make a sense? pink leather jacket or a red leather jacket or, or, Michael Jackson pants. I mean, it, for the most part, he was smart enough to uh, grab a traditional northern preppy look and just let that, you know, let each character kind of accent it. But that's about it. So let's move to television. Exactly. And I got to admit, I'm I'm a little handicapped here, as we've as we've said on the show many times before. I didn't watch a ton of television, especially in the second half of the decade. But I, I think that the, the shows we're going to talk about today, I think we've all seen enough of them to know what stands and what doesn't stand. So, Jen, for, let's start with you. What TV <laughs> show to you from the 80s really stands the test of time? This was a no-brainer. I knew it right away. Family Ties. Mom, I made a pact with myself never to speak to you again. <laughs> but I've given myself permission to suspend it. <laughs> Briefly. Because frankly, Mom, the curiosity is killing me. How on earth can you possibly justify doing what you did to me tonight? Go ahead, I'm listening. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know, you're mad because I disobeyed you. Well, let me tell you something, Mom. I only disobeyed you because you were wrong. Without just cause or provocation, you denied me permission to do something I have every right in the world to do. Oh, sure. <laughs> sure, this is your house. And as long as it's your house, I gotta live by your rules. Well, that used to be true. Not anymore, Mom. I'm an adult now. I get 18 years under this belt. <laughs> and my life is in my own hands. Have you anything else to say? <laughs> And so I had the opportunity in the last few months to watch the final episode of Family Ties. And spoiler alert, this is going to be coming up sometime in the future <laughs> um, for, a, for a topic on this show, because that's why I did that homework. But it was the most delightful homework because I, the whole time I was laughing and feeling and, and, and cried at one point and was feeling all these feelings. And it didn't feel like um, nostalgia at all. It really felt like because the characters were having issues and and happy times and sad times i really felt kind of in there with them and i was shaking my head in wonder going man this show still yeah, stands it, up. it had a real heart and a heart will always stand the test of time the i think too the little the little play off of the politics that kind of at least the, for the first part the first arc of the show you know when it first got started the whole idea that the parents are a couple of liberals and then michael j fox is a Nixonian Republican. I mean, there's, there's a tinge of recognition mm -hmm. in that to this day, you know, politics kind of slightly, slightly dividing a family, but still, you know, you know, love triumphs over everything. 
Yeah. Well, it's funny because when I watched it at the time, I didn't really like, I was younger than, than you. And I didn't really understand that dynamic of like, I understood what hippies were kind of, and I understood, you know, who Reagan and Nixon were kind of. But then when I watch it now as an adult, and I, at the time as a kid, I never really understood like what the big deal was. And then rewatching it as an adult, I'm like, oh, for the first yeah. time, I understand <laughs> what's happening in this family. But yeah, but I'll, I'll return to what I said about Tootsie, though, too, is acting and writing. And that, I would this say show that has for my part, space. the show that comes to mind, uh, Cheers. And again, it's the same thing, acting and mm -hmm. writing. And plus, it's based in a bar, something we can all still associate with. There's nothing too dated <laughs> in Cheers, except for maybe <laughs> Sam Malone's haircut. And that's about it. I mean, it's, it's, it mm. intentionally doesn't try to embrace too many of the popular tropes of the day and it's just let's just let's just succeed on writing and acting and that's why you have so many amazing people that came out of that so let's pivot let's pivot and talk about what yeah, doesn't definitely. stand so well the test of time from 80s television uh what's your pick no question it has to be night court hey carrie did you hear yeah i heard some sicko in a dress just tried to rinse himself off in a drinking fountain. why don't we all notify the media huh i was gonna say the bank approved my car loan oh. happy payments yeah thanks it has to be the show i mean it's uh yeah it, it's i loved it as a kid i thought it was smart and clever and funny and i watched it i don't know maybe 10, 15 years ago, and the jokes were, there's a lot of innuendo, and they were, it was really bad. And yeah, I, I do not care for the show. I, I don't think, I don't well, think it Well, it was definitely a, an idea of, we've got this amazing comedian who's very funny. Let's just, you've got 30 minutes to come up with a premise for a television show that just plays off of his quirky personality. Now go. And they came back with Night Court. Yeah. <laughs> and but he does card tricks. <laughs> is it it was it still had a amazing run. It ran from nineteen eighty four to nineteen ninety two. And it has some hardcore fans, but I can definitely see where it shows its dust a little bit more than a family ties does. Can I throw in one of the show just for uh Yeah. I people people eighties eighties um I know certain eighties fans will kill me for this. My I think Miami Vice is one of those ones that maybe doesn't stand so well the test of time and only because it embraced every fad of the day, the music, the clothes, the lingo, the crime, the crime and said it in South beach that, yeah. Is it a wonderful time capsule of the eighties? You bet. You know, does it stand the test of time? <sighs> o only if what you want is a time capsule of the eighties. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. It's a time capsule. It is a time capsule. We are a time capsule. we capsule. honor time capsules can, can around we, here. Can so. we address the elephant in the room, though? The one show that we haven't been able to talk about for years? I would. Uh, yes, absolutely. Because it breaks my heart to say this. But here's a show that does stand the test of time and also doesn't stand the test of time. And that's The Cosby Show. And, you know, I would love love to share this show with my nine-year-old because I, that was about the age I was when I first started watching it. And it's a funny show. Again, the writing, the acting, this family, everyone's so loving. They're so clever. Yeah. Uh, Denise oh my God. and her outfits. I mean, like I love, there is so, so much I love about this show. And it, and I've, I really have actually thought about it quite a long time, whether I should show it to my daughter or not, because I'm like, I'm so sick of watching cooking shows because it's like one of the few shows at her age. She's, I think I just said nine, um, that we can all enjoy together and not worry about like content or right. having to explain too, too many things, you know, but this show would be the perfect family show for us all to really actually enjoy. And there's so much, there's so many episodes to, to watch, but I just can't do it. I feel like I can't do it in, in good conscience. Because like I think one day my yeah, daughter would yeah, be like, yeah. why, why, "Why would you, you show this, to this man? You know what I mean? It's 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 a tough one. We, it's one of those. That's why we don't talk yeah. about it on the show. We just don't. So and we're not going to talk about it any more than that. Uh, fashion and accessories in the eighties. <laughs> now I know you and I are going to square off on this one, and it's and part, 
That's fine. It, it's, it's, this one was well, the hardest one for me. I have no me. sense of fashion. And I, I, I'm a moron when it comes to accessories. I, I literally, literally somebody almost has to dress me. Um, I, I pity, I pity, um, <laughs> my, I pity my new girlfriend, which is the first time I've actually said those three words <laughs> together in a very long time. Uh, I, too bad pity was in my, the word. I love sentence, my new girlfriend. But okay. <laughs> I, I, keep going. I will show deep empathy for her as she tries to struggle with, um, comprehending the clothing patterns that I'll put together for important moments in our life. Um, but, um, <laughs> tell me what you think is one of the, uh, fashion or accessories that, that stands the test of time from the eighties. Well, I know for a fact, as I wear one every day, what stands yes. the test of time for me yes. is swatch watch. No question. Yeah. I think that, um, both as the, the styles that were available in the eighties, plus the new styles now, which is a little bit different, um, than standing the test of time. <laughs> I just realized we're yeah, literally I, I talking about time <laughs> with swatches. Um, yeah, no, I, I think Swatch somehow has hung around and continues to make really awesome stuff that both looks like the 80s, evokes the 80s, and looks very current to this day. And they're still pretty affordable as far as watches go, and they're really easy to change out the bands. <laughs> um, I really wish they would be a sponsor for this show <laughs> now that I'm saying, like lauding them so much. But yeah, I love I love a swatch. I own a single I love swatch. A swatch. And, How about you? Do you have it? Do you own truth be a told, single swatch? It's the only watch I own because the only other thing I wear is a like a fitness tracker kind of thing. But um, it's the only watch I owned. And when I went to my job mm. interview at Disney, I, I, I put the swatch on because I didn't have another watch and I needed something to be able to tell what time it was. And the interview, interviewer like stopped mid-sentence with me and said, Are, is that a swatch you're wearing? I was like, yes. Yes, it is. And I just... <laughs> I got the job. And you so, got yeah, the job. Yeah, no, swatch. Amazing, yes. Um, what would be a fashion or accessory that does not stand the test of time? So I keep going back and forth on this one. Originally, I said neon. And I was thinking... I was thinking about, I guess, I, nobody really wore neon head to toe. It was more of an accessory than like a main fashion piece for the most part. But... I don't know. I feel like I might be wrong about this. Do, do you have an when opinion about what doesn't stand fashion? This is, this is so obscure. I don't think anyone probably can associate with this. When I was in high school, every Friday night when there was a football, football game, the cheerleaders would sell, you know, uh, swag for you to wear in the, uh, and the stands. And the thing that I used to love was these painter painters caps. And they would say that said, they said oh like God. countryside high school <laughs> on it and go Cougars. <laughs> and every week I would buy a new painter. The things don't, they don't last very long because they're, they're made of like this real chintzy paper and fabric. You know, I actually thought about getting these as swag to give away on the cruise. But it's amazingly how expensive they are now. I could buy you a regular oh hat for less than I could buy you a painter's cap. But painter's caps were big then, and so that's one. And and I would agree with you on neon. <laughs> I don't. The only neon I own today is neon I buy for neon theme nights, and that's it. <laughs> this episode of Stuck in the Eighties is sponsored by Skylight. You know, Mother's Day is just around the corner. And if you're like me, you seriously struggle with what to get mom for this annual holiday. But thankfully, now I know about Skylight. Skylight is a photo frame that you can email photos to anytime from anywhere. It sets up in under 60 seconds. What else in life sets up in under 60 seconds? Nothing. Just plug it in. Use the touchscreen to connect to your wireless network and you enjoy. Everyone in your family can just email photos to mom's Skylight. And they'll pop up in her home or condo, in my mom's case, in seconds. I do now officially caution my niece and nephew, who are now in college, be very careful what photos you send to grandma. I stupidly showed her some pics from my college days, and she was not too happy. Apparently, she did not know how much money was going towards beer. Uh, keeping that in mind, though, Skylight is 100% satisfaction guaranteed. If you do not love your Skylight, they'll offer you a full refund. But it's not going to matter because you can preload your skylight with picks, just not beer picks, Caden Kendall, before you give the gift to grandma. 
I can tell you right now, my mom is a technological klutz, and I know she's going to love her skylight anyway. There's nothing to learn. It just works. Now, as a special Mother's Day offer, you can get $10 off your purchase of a skylight frame when you text STUCK to 484848. I'm not making this up. That's right. To get $10 off your purchase of a skylight frame, just text the word STUCK to 4848. <laughs> 48. That's S T U C K to 48, 48, 48. Make mom happy this year with skylight. And we're back. We've got a couple more categories to go. We're just getting on a roll now. Now, now that uh, we've made mom happy with skylight, I I really do hope that uh, Caden Kendall, my niece and nephew shows some restraint and, Because I know I wouldn't have done that in college. I would have been sending her the stupidest things, and then my dad would have to call me the next day and say, I, I deleted those before your mom saw them. You can thank me later. So, anyway. I don't know. There's a lot more pictures of college kids these days than there used to be. Oh, jeez. You, you didn't used to walk around with a camera in your pocket, you know no, what I'm saying? No, Well, we used to have a Polaroid. Like, you know, all the photos in my photo albums from college, they're all... You know, the, the instant Polaroid camera stuff. So, they all look horrible. Oh, yeah. yeah. The um, <laughs> so where were we? Oh, that's right. Things that stand the test of time, not Polaroid pictures. Uh, no. Junk food. Let's talk about candy first. Ooh, all right. Uh, candy was huge in the eighties. Back when we could eat whatever we wanted, it did, had no effect on our bodies whatsoever. Yep. Now I just look at a Rolo and my <laughs> blood sugar spikes. Uh, what food? What candy specifically from the eighties do you think stands the test of time, Jen? Well, again, this is totally subjective because some people don't like caramel. Some people don't like peanut butter. I love whatchamacallit. Oh, God. I loved it back then. I loved the commercial for it. I loved the name. I loved that it would be called whatchamacallit. <laughs> what do you call it? Whatchamacallit. <laughs> but here's the thing. I bought one the other day and it was delicious. And okay, here's here's a little confession I'm going to make. This Candy bar was what gave me the idea of what stands the test of time oh, as a topic. Because for, I mean, for days I was like thinking about this candy bar thinking, I can't believe that's still as good as it used to be because it's a candy bar, right? Like you're, you become a certain age, you've eaten a bunch of candy in your life and you get older and you don't care for it anymore as much. What's some people, most people. What's in it? I forget. I haven't had one in ages. It's so it's chocolate on the outside, and then on the inside, there's like a, a wafer cookie, and then there's peanut butter, and then there's caramel. And just the combination, the way it's sort of all put together is divine. I mean, <laughs> you really... Oh now gosh. I want whatchamacallit to sponsor this show, but have have one, Steve. You will love it. You will love it. I... I- I remember when they came out, and I do remember the commercial, and I remember having going to going to Circle K and buying one for the first time and eating it and just being flabbergasted by how amazing it was. Um, but I, I'm also the same way with Twix and Rolos, and I think those are both 80s-ish mm-hmm. candy bars. So chocolate and caramel is always going to work yeah, for me. Yeah, Twix, whatchamacallit um, is in that Twix family. It's it's sort of akin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So then what what junk what candy of the 80s doesn't stand well, up? Well, I I had a little bit of trouble with this one too, but I thought about what's a candy that I loved as a kid and then what's a candy I could not eat now. And I'll say wacky wafers only because they were a candy I loved as a kid, but there were many many candies. This was my favorite, especially the watermelon. So the, this this is the candy that's a flat oh, yeah. kind of um it's almost like the size of a bookmark and then it's got round basically pure sugar, um, flat white wafers in it of different, <laughs> quote, fruit flavors. Um, yeah, and I think now yeah. as an adult, I mean, for a long time, I don't love the taste of candy. I would much rather have chocolate or ice cream or something else. Um, yeah, so really you could have stuck in like, so what are those um, bottle pops? Is that what they're called? Bottle caps. Oh, my God. So bottle caps are essentially just smaller, thicker, wacky wafers. <laughs> It's all the same candy. It's just a matter of packaging and how with the shape that you like to eat for candy. Yeah. Um yeah, I just not I don't love candy and I just remember loving these so much and these definitely have not stood the test of time for me personally. How about you? What what I don't think of them as 80s things, but Tootsie Rolls, I can't stand anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, I will just throw them I'll just out and out throw them away if someone gives me one. Or 
anything that tastes like anything that's real strong cinnamon, like a cinnamon ball or something like that. I just I can't. Yeah, I can't deal with. I don't want. I don't want a burning sensation. What on my about tongue. big red? You like a big it's red person? No, I don't like. I can't stand huh. that now. I used to love it then, but I, I can't. I can't eat. It's just they're burning. It's just it's. <laughs> <laughs> ah, they're burning. Speaking of burning, good transition <laughs> <Is> here <it? laughs> now. Reg. Regular junk food. Good old junk food. Um, can I say just right off the top of my head that the one true love of the 80s that I had was Stouffer's French bread pizza, even though every single time I've eaten it, including when I ate it two days ago, I viciously burned the <laughs> roof of my mouth. So listen, I know we were talking about how subjective these these um, these categories and, and opinions are, but Stouffer's French bread pizza is correct. That is the best junk food, and that stands the test of time. You are absolutely correct about that. Yeah, I mean, so much so that like I'll go to the store and like I won't, I want something that's even better than a Stouffer's French bread pizza. Like, so I'll try to make it on my own, but it's never as good as the actual Ever. thing. Even though when you look at it in, in the frozen stage, you're like, this could have more cheese on it. And and couldn't they have actually when they chopped the little pepperoni into four pieces? Couldn't they have actually Just separated spread them, them out? Why they have to Just still spread be them out of, a little bit. It's yeah, not hard. <laughs> Why are they so fused oh together? Oh my god, lazy. That, that's exactly what I had two days ago. I swear to God. Um, oh, that's so funny. it's so good. And here's the thing, right? Like, you there's a way that they do now where you can like microwave it for a couple minutes and then bake it so that you can eat your French bread pizza faster. Oh, no. no good. You have got to keep it in the toaster oven. Twenty five. Twenty five minutes. Otherwise, it's which is exactly it's I know, worth but the nothing, wait, nothing nothing in life takes 25 minutes anymore <laughs> but Stouffer's french bread pizza still does and we and we stands the <laughs> we, test it, of time it literally stands the test of time this and uh back to the future i don't know um stuff that doesn't stand the test of time so much um two things come to mind um the mcdlt which doesn't really exist anymore it was more of an 80s creation it only survived about 5 years in the 80s but I, I think the whole idea of McDonald's trying to improve upon their burger and make it feel more gourmet, that idea they still stick with over the years. And they still, after two years of doing it, they always have to, to you know, end the experiment. Try. Yeah, yeah, try again. It's, uh, yeah, McDLT, it's often a punchline, but I, I don't know. It's a lot of yeah. packaging. It makes me concerned. Well, that was, yeah. <laughs> but speaking of packaging, I have to say, like when we were on the the last '80s cruise, the Ramoses, the Ramoses, um, they came up with a costume. I can't remember what night it was. I think it, it was, was Icon, Icon night, night yeah. possibly. It was right, but they built a McDLT costume. The two of them together. Yeah, yeah. That, do you he, remember that? Who was the cool side? And who was the hot side? Oh. I can't remember. Does it matter? <laughs> um, my guess would be, yeah, I don't know. I, th I think Steve huh. was. The, Ramos says, "Right, I think intelli Steve had the beef, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, Deja had the the lettuce and tomato." But uh, it was it was brilliant. The cool. It was brilliant. Cool. It was awesome. It was. I was so sad that they had to leave it yeah. behind. <laughs> it was like you should put it like as part of the 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 uh, ship. Nobody will know the difference. There should be a museum that just that follows around uh, the cruise. The the other um, it, the thing that pops into my brain the the McRib, which McDonald's still has today. They roll it out like every fall for a, a month or so. <laughs> when, when I used to work at McDonald's, those were the worst things to have to cook because they they were frozen. It's a frozen piece of pork mm. shaped to look like a patty. Yeah, and you'd have to. It took forever on the grill to cook it. And if time was a factor, we would just throw it into the, the deep fryer. It's <laughs> so nasty. It, it. And then when they were done, so when you were when you were cooked, then you put them in this gigantic vat of barbecue sauce. And they just sat there like like it was a slow cooker and it just sat there all day. Oh my God. So we're still so talking still about, about doesn't stand the test of time, right? I, I really no. hope we are. We're right. Yeah. Okay, good. No. I I would never uh, I will occasionally go to McDonald's and get a double cheeseburger, but I will never, ever, ever, ever get a McRib. Oh, my gosh. Well, I have to do one McDonald's shout-out for something that does stand the test of time, and that's the St. Patrick's Day milkshake that you can get every March. 
to this to this day, I we still this is the first year I forgot to get it, and I think I'm feeling a little bit uh, of uh, sadness about that. But yeah, usually every March we're there. We are there getting our yeah. uh, St. Patty shake. Yeah, and um, the other thing that c- crosses my mind is things that stand the test of time. Pizza Hut used to have a stuffed pizza, I think, called the Piazzo. That was around in the late '80s, maybe early '90s, <sighs> and I used to love that. If that, if they, if they were, if I could bring back one food object from the '80s, it might be the Pizza Hut. I think it's called the Piazzo or something like that. Close enough. Anyway, as you might imagine, we've left a couple categories out. Those are the categories we want your help on. So, actors slash celebrities slash public figures. So your your Rob Lowe's, your politicians, your your Burt Reynolds is stuff like that. Um, and music, the bands that stand the test of time and don't stand the test of time. So email us. You know the email address by now, but if you're new to the show, which sometimes it happens, it's podcast at sit80s.com. Give us your picks. Give us a pick for each. Give us something that stands the test of time and does not stand the test of time. And and those are the categories we're looking for. Actors, celebrities, public figures, and music. I'm going to throw in another idea, too. If anybody has an idea for another category we haven't covered yet. Oh, yeah. Please. Yeah, by all means. Absolutely. Until then, we're going to have to be resigned to just handle the The seggies. Uh, the mystical refrain that shouldn't really be a mystical refrain. I just tend to say that because I run out of ideas. It's I want my mystery TV theme song. And uh, this is the segment where we play a snippet of a theme song from a TV show in the 80s. If you get it right, you're entered into a drawing for <laughs> some swag. So painter's cap. I have cap. no idea. You'd be a painter's cap. I do have I do have a trucker's hat from the 80s cruise I'll be happy to part with because I don't really like trucker's hats. Yeah, they're cute, actually. So that, I like that one. The, oh, okay. Yeah. I should have given it to you. No, um, I have one. The <laughs> Anyway, I have no idea where Brad is as far as uh, boxing these up and sending these away. You, you, you might have been waiting for three months by now. I do not know, and he's not here to defend himself. So... Without further ado, pay attention. Here was the clip from episode 499. That's the theme from Max Headroom. Jen, do you remember watching this show? I do remember watching that show because we had the HBO Cinemax combo at my house. Yeah, I love yeah, that show. It was a, I, God, I did too. It really was one of the... That was actually a cool thing to, to, to say that you watched when you were in college. You could say, oh yeah, we're going to watch Max Headroom. Uh, anyway, apparently not a lot of people got it. Uh, only a handful did. Um, but nonetheless, Jen's our guest, so she can read them. Go ahead, Jen. Read, some, read all of our winners in all their completeness. All of the winners include Chris B. Critter. Let's see what you did there. Tom Korn in Austria. Brian Pond. Rob Reel. And that's it. That's it. Shall I spin, so time the, to spin the wheel? Spin the teeny tiny wheel? Yes, spin it away. I just spinned it. I, just probably... that's how it's, it was like I breathed on it and it spun. Let's see. We could have probably done rock, paper, scissors. Right. Uh, the winner is Chris B. Critter. Hooray. Hey, excellent. Chris, Chris, send us your uh, postal address, and we'll try to get some. We'll get you on the list for something fun. <laughs> on the list, congratulations for getting on the list. <laughs> <laughs> list, it's just like the DMV, only we're much, much slower. Okay, time to play this week. <laughs> Pay attention. Here's this week's mystery TV theme song. If you know it, email us at podcast at sit80s.com. 
and tune in next month, probably, to find out if you're a winner. We'll be right back after this commercial break. We have just a few minutes left. I thought, let's re-inaugurate an old tradition we used to have here called, What's Your 80s Obsession? Hey, I'll go first. Uh, Motley Crue's The Dirt, the uh, Netflix movie on that. Uh-huh. I saw it, seen it twice now. I don't like Motley Crue very much as a band. I'll say that right off the bat. And I really don't appreciate... The fact that the movie opens up with pretty much the line, hey, the 80s sucked, man, which is, I think, what the opening line might actually be. But it, that being said, it, it, worst way to, to spend 90 minutes. It's a romp. <laughs> it's not a ringing endorsement. Yeah. We, we, we talked about doing a whole episode of the podcast about um, the dirt, but we all felt the same way, which was that nah, I don't really give a crap about Motley Crue. I didn't read the book. And the movie is getting, you know, mixed reviews. But I still think if you're an 80s fan, it's worth it's worth watching. Yeah, I agree. You so know, I, You'll get a few laughs. Yeah, I did read the book and I suggest I recommend it for this summer, especially because you could read it in like a plane ride. Um, so even if you do watch the movie, I highly recommend you read the book too, because it is just nasty, nasty fun. But um, when we were talking about, you know, should we do the dirt? Should we not? I will say I decided it was probably not worthwhile. Um, once I got a text from my BFF, Lucy, who described it thusly, the dirt is like if vivid entertainment and lifetime teamed up and made a biopic. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, that's exactly right. And then I had nothing better to say about it. So I was like, yeah, that's, let's not do it. <laughs> there's a shocking amount of uh, adult content in there. E- even I was just like floored, like too much, too much. Yeah, which is why the uh, book is fun. Jen, <laughs> Jen, what's your 80s obsession? So originally I was going to say Clue because it was April vacation last week and my daughter, my husband and I played a bunch of Clue and it was so much fun. And then we had the inspired idea, oh, we should show her the movie, which we also enjoyed. But I'm not going to say Clue, the board game and the movie, even though I highly recommend both. What I'm going to say, and, I, and Steve doesn't know this because I just came up with this this morning as I was walking my daughter to school. If you've never lived in a place with four seasons, there is nothing like seeing spring come after you've been hunkered down for what feels like years in the winter. Steve, you got a t- taste of the winter, right? <laughs> Recently. God. Yeah. <laughs> so bl- stuck yeah. in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like going from Chicago and then like not quite Florida, but like some someplace a little warmer. I'm trying to describe what spring might be like if you've never experienced it. So here's where I'm going with this. My 80s obsession currently is a poem by Robert Frost. Now, everybody knows in the movie The Outsiders that Pony Boy recites his poem. Oh, you know, maybe everyone doesn't remember that exactly, but everyone knows Stay Gold, right? When Johnny says to Pony Boy, Stay Gold, and then we tell each other Stay Gold, and then we sign our cards Stay Gold and our yearbooks Stay Gold. So that right. comes from a poem by Robert Frost that Pony Boy recites to Johnny. And it's one that I memorized as a kid because. Tommy Howell was my big crush. And if he's going to memorize a poem, then you can be sure as hell I'm going to memorize it too. And I never, it's, it's a lovely poem. I never understood it until I became an adult and moved here to Maine, where when I was my baby, who is now nine, but when, when we first moved back here, I would push her around in her stroller and spring would just be starting to emerge. And you'd look around and there'd be these tiny, almost neon green buds on trees. And that poem came back to me. And so the poem, the the part that I want to talk about goes like this. Nature's first green is gold, her hardest hue to hold. Her early leaves a flower, but only so an hour. 
And that green that I'd been reciting for years and years, I never understood what that was actually until I experienced my first spring walking around seeing these buds. And that's what I got to see today, walking my daughter to school. And so I was reminded of this poem. And it just, I think about it more deeply and it really exemplifies this podcast, but certainly the topic we are talking about tonight, right? Because the poem then goes on, um, her early leaf's a flower, but only so an hour. Then leaf subsides to leaf, so Eden sank to grief, so dawn goes down to day, nothing gold can stay. And so, yeah, what stands the test of time? What doesn't stand the test of time? What stays gold for us? <sighs> I told you I was going to get philosophical. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I, I swear I wasn't going to cry this episode. You're, you're really trying to, to wring it out of me. <laughs> I'm working right, on touche. it. Touche. Yeah, I have, I have to say <sighs> that one of my favorite memories from the cruise was, was doing trivia. And it was that last trivia session. And I don't think I've shared this story on, on the podcast yet, but it's one of my favorites. So I thought to myself, I wonder if anyone else in this, in this whole cruise can recite this poem. And I asked for a volunteer and I said, whoever gets this will win this, <laughs> what was it, a thousand piece puzzle? <laughs> That's yeah, an 80s yeah. puzzle. And this woman, her hand shot up and I was like, oh my God, she knows it. And she said it like, just from heart, from, you know, by heart recited it. And I was like, people were clapping and cheering and it was awesome it was one of my favorite moments on the cruise it was i was there i was i was i was feet away from that when it happened it was just chilling just so amazing very cool well don't forget once you start once you mop up your tears that jen has caused to roll down your cheek uh, email us with your ideas for what stands the test of time and what doesn't the categories that we that we talked about or, or find one for yourself um, because time does not stand still and that's why we remain here hopelessly stuck in the 80s Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Media Network. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for our theme music. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or the CLNS Media mobile app. It's